Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, no Anthony Davis, no LeBron James, no D'Angelo Russell, no problem. The Lakers score a huge win in Oklahoma City, come back home on Friday when they should have Anthony Davis back. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. Always free, never behind a paywall. Uh, which is a good thing for Andy Kamenetsky uh, that Locked on Lakers on YouTube is also always free, never behind a paywall, because uh, Andy uh, has uh, finally, the law finally caught up with him. He has not paid his electric bill and is doing today's show in the dark. Uh, they shut off his juice. Um, that's what you get, Andy, for, uh, for trying to evade the authorities. Yeah, I've been living... Moving forward, <laughs> yeah, living on the grid, off the grid. <laughs> I mean, my lifestyle now. I'm going to be doing this podcast outlaw style. Um, always got to be going through some type of like dummy uh, Wi-Fi signal. I'm going to be working off people's phones, looking for hotspots. Do you like the Lakers? What's your Wi-Fi password? Yeah, I, the truth is, uh, it's. I'm sure a lot of people in LA knows, but for people listening outside of LA, the weather has been bat bleep crazy in all sorts of ways for like the last few weeks. Rain, snow, and in today's particular case, a lot of wind. So much wind, in fact, that it knocked out the power for at least one block of my neighborhood. Maybe more. So this is the only place that I could do this show where I could be visibly seen and also where I could charge my phone <laughs> that is doubling as my laptop slash studio. Uh, there you go. And yeah. from the uh, from from the front seat of his car. But you know what? The, yeah. the, the Locked on Lakers audience are familiar. They've been so good to us. Sincerely, I want to be good back to them. Yes, and so I'm not sure why being able to look at you qualifies as your reward to them, but uh, fair enough. This was Andy. Speaking Sex of wind, sells, baby. <laughs> speaking of wind, we've been told not to go blue. Uh, speaking of wind, the Lakers had uh, wind behind their backs in an unexpected way. Uh, we'll get to Anthony Davis, who did not play in um, in this game on Wednesday. It was, uh, I, I think, originally most people thought it was a a stress reaction injury and like be had exacerbated it. It turned out that this was a scheduled maintenance day. Um, so we will talk about that because it, it really unleashes all sorts of, in my mind, at least fascinating questions about uh, the, the way the league works today, the way the Lakers ought to be operating and, and about Anthony Davis. So uh, we'll get to that, but we got to get to the game first, Andy, because um, despite missing their top three scorers um the lakers won and they uh the 123 117 over oklahoma city uh an oklahoma city team without shea gilgis alexander um but still a team the lakers needed to beat and um given everybody that they were missing i thought this was a very impressive collective performance by uh by darvin ham's crew 
Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about how ever since, you know, the Lakers acquired Rui Hachimura in the, in the Kendrick Nunn in second round picks deal. And then the flurry of activity at the deadline, you know, that there might not be enough time for the Lakers to do everything that they want to do. And certainly it's become complicated by LeBron James's, you know, extended absence. Uh, you know, the, we hope he will be back by, you know, by the tail end of the regular season to see this thing through. But the one thing that we were extremely bullish on was the Lakers have dramatically improved the supporting cast around LeBron and AD and that this was a roster that made a lot of more sense. It, it, it added skill, it added shooting, it added, you know, the defensive versatility of a Jared Vanderbilt. It added the combination of outside shooting and shot blocking and Mo Bamba, you know, the, the physicality that comes with Rory Hachimura and that ISO scoring, they are better equipped if nothing else to put themselves into this type of challenge because the pre-deadline era team without LeBron and AD and whoever you deem their third right, best playing player. Kendrick Nunn, playing Westbrook, that that crew. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say let's just say you go LeBron, no LeBron, no AD, no Russ. Oof. That that group would have been dead in the water. Like they, they would have tried because this group has been game, I think, for everything admirably all season. But that group led by Dennis Schroeder, if you want to go for the most exact comp, they just would not have had enough talent to get no, through. Not, not unlikely. Um, and so, you know, you look at this one and it really is uh, a depth win. I do want to remind people that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On, by the way. Uh, make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Um, this was a depth win. Like, to your point, Andy, you look around the box score, Schroeder, Beasley, Bamba, Troy Brown, and Austin Reeves, along with Lonnie Walker, all in double figures. So six players in double figures, led by Schroeder with 26 points. Really good bounce-back game from him, considering how poorly he played on Tuesday, uh, also considering that he played on a bad ankle for most of the game, and that's something the Lakers will be monitoring. Uh, D'Angelo Russell will not play on Friday. That has already been uh, established by sources uh, named D'Angelo Russell, so he would know. Um if the Lakers are down Schroeder and uh, Russell and uh, LeBron, you are running short of ball handlers at that point. Um, but anyway, Schroeder bounced back 26 points, played very well. Troy Brown played, I think, his best game as a Laker. He was really good on both ends of the floor. Um, hit seven of 10 shots, four of seven from three point range, and really moved the ball well. Like, I, he is the guy who I feel like has been most positively affected by this kind of re-slotting of the of the roster and now even with guys missing and brown playing 34 minutes again it feels like he's just in a much more comfortable place post deadline than he was before yeah i mean he really can be the three and d guy that i think he's most suited to be but there's a little bit in his bag that with more pieces around him, more guys to pay attention to, he can do a bit more. You know, he he is comfortable, you know, occasionally a little too comfortable, but he is comfortable taking the ball off the dribble to the basket. You mentioned the passing. I would not call Troy Brown a playmaker per se. He's not on that level, but he's a sneaky good passer. And he's he actually is. 
He's a very confident passer. What like, it is, right? And it's a certain kind of it's it's it, it's less about. He loves him a whip pass. He that's loves a lot. That's what I was going to say. It's a lot of it's it's sort of a court vision and knowledge of the game kind of pass where you know you see like you know he's made a couple really good skip passes, a couple of those like sort of whip curl passes where you know finding guys off of you know rolling to the basket or whatever it might be. It's a certain kind of play that Brown will tend to make with some consistency, um, but it works. And, you know, Austin Reeves was really, you know, had a really brilliant uh, shooting first half on Tuesday, uh, equally good on uh, Wednesday, played a much better game throughout on Wednesday, finished with 19, eight of nine from the free throw line, indicates to you what kind of game he was playing, five of five from the floor. Um, It was just like it was everything. Walker comes back at 21 points on Tuesday with 13, including eight, 11, tri- eight of 11 from the line. So 11 trips there. Yeah. I, I look, I mean, Oklahoma city without Shea is not a great team, but they've got some players. I mean, the, the Lakers without LeBron, a right. and D'Lo don't really scare anybody either. That's exactly the point I was going to make, which is, you know, okay, fine. It's Oklahoma City, and you know, great. They're not, you know, a world-beating team. They're slumping. They're falling out of the playoff race. Blah 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 blah. That's the team in front of them, and the Lakers were really shorthanded. To get this win um, is really just massively important, uh, both for their confidence, but also in the standings. And we'll get to that and the Anthony Davis controversy next. Okay, the uh, the NBA season, Andy, it is in the stretch run, and that means it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain. This probably would have come in handy for a lot of people who thought the Lakers were going to lose tonight. Use that bet and they would have lost. But now it's okay. You get that back. It's a great offer from the FanDuel folks. Uh, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So the Lakers have 33 losses. Uh, Portland lost to the Pellies. They are fading quickly. They have 33 losses. Uh, the uh, game on Wednesday now leaves Oklahoma City with 34. Uh, puts them outside a little bit further of the uh, of the race to get into the top 10. Um, New Orleans, Utah, and Minnesota all have 32 losses. The Dallas Mavericks and the Clippers have 31. The Clippers are currently in the sixth seed. So the Lakers, after this game on uh, on uh, Wednesday, Andy, in terms of the standings, still only uh, now two games behind Dallas for the seventh seed. It is still very tight, um, and winning this game, buying them some time probably to get Anthony Davis back in the lineup on, on Friday against Minnesota, a team that, you know, if they win that game, they will almost surely put themselves into the top 10. Like it's it's real tight and it's real tight 11 through or 12 really through six. Like there's still a ton of flexibility here if the Lakers can hang on. I mean, we've talked about this before, Brian, like the idea that 
every single one of the games that the Lakers had post trade, I mean, post all-star break, I should say, they were all extremely important and they needed every single win they can get, but not all wins are created equally. And the ones that are most important are the ones against teams pretty close to them in the standings battle where they can create some type of wild swings, you know, in terms of if you win these games, you pick up the most momentum in the standings. And that's why it was so important for them to get this win tonight against OKC because they're a team that's, you know, that close to them. But also, if you really want to think big and, you know, Dennis Schroeder and Darvin Ham both laid down that pretty big marker of trying to get out of the play-in altogether, you got to get that win against Dallas. I mean, it, it still may not be possible, but at the time, Dallas was the team sitting <clears throat> in that sixth spot. Yep. You, you got to do damage from directly behind. Right. If you were going to drop a game, Memphis was the one that you could afford to drop the most. Just pragmatically speaking, if you if you have to choose how to go two and one, the Lakers went two and one the best possible way. Yep. And overall, they've now won uh, five of seven. They've won three of four since the All-Star break. Andy and I both uh, put 15 wins, eight losses as the mark that they would need to hit to, to comfortably get themselves into the top 10. Four games in. They have only lost once. Um, they play Minnesota on Friday. That is a game, like you mentioned, Andy, that is you know a team directly in front of them. Golden State on Sunday, a team that is directly in front of them. Then you play Memphis again on Tuesday. If you're going to lose a game, that's not such a bad candidate. Um, it was surprising, though, given the importance of the Oklahoma City game, both because of where they are in the standings and also because Oklahoma City becomes a very winnable game. Um, you know, you can't afford to drop the games against the weaker teams that Anthony Davis didn't play not because he was nursing an injury, not because there was something that happened in Tuesday's game, which I think was the assumption that most people made um, when he was listed as out for Wednesday's game, when that information came out earlier in the day on Wednesday. Well, especially we because stress reaction. It. We saw it. We saw it probably hurt himself again. He had the wrist thing during the game on Tuesday. I think people assumed that he hurt himself. Yeah, well. The game was too important for him to sit, but it was maintenance. Yeah, I mean, especially, too, because it was listed as right foot stress reaction. I believe that was the formal listing, which is the thing that kept him out 20-something games. So, like, in a weird, perverse way, you might have felt better if it just said wrist injury. Because then you're thinking, like, okay, maybe it's just sore wrist, like something he can get past, but he can't play through this game. You know, they they just recognize he can't do it for one game. It'll be fine by Friday. But without the information that we later got that was clarifying, if not necessarily entirely comforting, because it does open up a, a bleep ton of questions. So let's talk about it. Yeah, so Darvin Ham, you know, was asked about it, and he said that this was a game that when the Lakers brought back Anthony Davis from that injury, they laid out, very carefully with the training staff, they basically laid out a schedule of what it was going to look like when Anthony Davis was going to play, and more importantly, when he was not going to play. Um, and this was a game that was scheduled where he wasn't going to play. And what Darwin said was, we are not going to change that plan, theoretically made with the health of the player in mind, 
based on the standings. We're not going to change it based on context. We're not doing that because it endangers Anthony Davis. It was when the new the the assumption the what you know there are a lot of assumptions that went into it. It's like okay, if you're going to like, can you can you have a schedule like that? given where the Lakers are in the standings? That's the first question. The second question is, okay, if you're going to have a schedule like that and you know a back-to-back is coming, wouldn't you have him take off the Memphis game and play in this one? But then I think you uh, you turn around and you say, like, okay, well, they play on Wednesday and Friday and Sunday. It's three games in five days and whatever it is, and it's an afternoon game on Sunday. All of this is the stuff that the training staff goes into the calculus, the amount of times in between games, the amount of rest, all the stuff when they make these schedules out. The question, I think, Andy, becomes, like I said, can you afford to do it? And if you do it, should you build in some kind of flexibility with context? It's a really challenging question, I think, to answer. Yeah, I mean, it it becomes a different question, first of all, if this was something that was decided, like, a couple months ago, as opposed to 48 hours ago, like they, like they had decided, okay, he can't play in both games. Which one do we pick? Because, you know, I had tweeted out at cam brothers when, before we started getting some of this information, it, it seemed like this was the result of them choosing between back-to-back games to which I thought, look, if you're, if you're going to do that, I think, especially with no D'Lo, no LeBron, you may end up losing that game anyway against Memphis. You should, which go they the, did, right? You should go the route of cementing the win against OKC that A should be easier, B could maybe be less taxing on AD, and maybe ends up playing less. And C is the game that matters more. Like if you have to win one or the other, no, you pick Oklahoma City, absolutely. Right now, if this is if this is something that was, again, just sort of – this was decided looking at the schedule before you know they knew that LeBron and D'Lo would be out before hell. Maybe they even knew D'Angelo Russell was going to be on this team, you know, depending on how long – Sure it was. If it was. If they laid this out when he came back, this was pre all pre-deadline. Right, well, exactly. I mean, well before the deadline. Right. I, I don't even know if like Roy Hachimura was on the team by then. I have no idea. D'Angelo but... Russell was but a glint in Rob Palinka's eye. Yes, yes. Um, like, I, I guess, and if it's that, if it's that far scheduled and advanced and inflexible and needs to be mapped out that carefully, I have larger concerns about, I don't know if you could do this. <laughs> but, you know, they won the game. Where I think, though, Darvin, you know, and I, I guess the, the staff, but Darvin is the one that speaks this stuff in front of people. He messed up when he said that the plan moving forward was for everybody to play in every game, back-to-backs be damned. And then the first back-to-back they face, AD doesn't play. That's why people logically freak out because we were told this isn't going to happen anymore. Like they're playing all of them. Right. Yeah, he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, look, and I get it. It's like everybody, everybody is like, you know, we're all business coming out of the break. It's do or die time. It's go time. It's all that kind of stuff. And like the optics of, and oh, by the way, we're not going to let Anthony play um, in some of these games. It's like, yeah, the uh, the optics of that are bad. But it, you also you need to, you know, if you're going to say anything to people. <laughs> 
if you're going to if you're going to do any of the posturing, you have to you are better off telling people what is coming. You are better off explaining what is going to come uh, in the right way. You said something that I think is really fascinating, though, because uh, you said if if the if it's the case that Anthony Davis was scheduled to miss this game, if they have to be that careful and they they lay this stuff out and that's how it's going to be, you don't change it, that this isn't going to work. My question to you is, what is this? We'll do that next. All right, Andy, so what did you mean by that when you said, like, this isn't going to work? What did you mean? I mean, depending on how how strict this calendar and scheduling for Anthony Davis is and, you know, when he can play, when he can't play, you know, if you have to plan things out this regimented, with, with the schedule and not deviate from it, given how little flexibility the Lakers have to, to operate with. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can maximize this opportunity in front of you. It, realistically speaking, if you have to say, well, we're going to hold AD out of a game, even as AD is pain-free and look, they may not be transparent. And Darwin said he is playing without pain, which is right. You know, all relative. I'm sure something hurts, but like right. none of these guys are. But he is playing pain free, like in NBA terms. There's not an right. injury there, right? And look, I, I teams. Are, we've been around teams for a long time, not just in the NBA. We covered the Dodgers for a few years. We've covered the Rams. I've covered USC. Like teams are not always transparent about this stuff players are not always transparent about this stuff and not even for nefarious reasons there can be a, a variety of reasons that you do this but sometimes they will say guys are not hurting when they are sometimes they will say guy you know make it seem like guys may be hurting a little bit more than they actually are just depending on the reason that they need to do this their ad is being presented now as pain-free which on one hand is fantastic but on the other hand, then it really does beg the question of this is a desperate time for the Lakers. Anthony Davis had a lot of time off recovering from this injury. And if he's not pain free, like, is he it's is he on like a razor's edge of, you know, exacerbating this injury? And you're, and getting, you're getting to something that I think is is important here that I have a I have a few I because I was all over the map on this when I first heard it I was like this is nuts like how can he not play this is insane um you know you hear Darwin explain uh, you know explain it and it's like we're not going to compromise the health of the player um you know this is the what the training staff and medical staff thought about in terms of maintaining this injury making sure it doesn't get worse um you know foot injuries for bigs are really bad yeah and like all this stuff and it's like and then you're like okay well all right that makes sense but well how come they can't have flexibility how come you can't move and the reason for that is because once now look if this was like the get into the playoffs game or something like that okay but it's not and broadly speaking <laughs> but you also need to get look, yourself to the get into the playoffs game that's true you're right but like big picture if you're going to set these policies where, you know, we, 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 
trust the training staff and we allow the training staff to design protocols that they think are best for the player and the player's health. And there is no circumstance in which players should have to risk their health and a potential, you know, recurring, you know, injury in order to play a game. I just don't believe that. There are fans who think that they should. I think those fans are wrong. These are people. They are not, you know, you know, entertainers here for, you know, so your team can can make the playoffs and you can feel good sitting at home. They're not playthings. Correct. That's a much better way of putting it. The car is really doing you well in terms of clarity. It is, by the way. It Very is, cold. It is so damn cold in my studio. It is so right cold. Now. It is so cold. I was I, at soccer I, practice for two and a half hours with my son outside today. It was freezing the yeah, entire time. It is so cold in my studio right now. And it's, it's been, by the way, side the note studio. back. It's your car. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, it's the studio right now. And by the way, too. You're a hobo. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad a studio. Times, bad times in the studio because last week, my studio got broken into and someone stole the airbag out of my studio. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Just cool. the airbag. I had no idea there was a black market for those things until you told me your tale. Yeah. No, that's um, all they took. They came in, you know, they were they were a professional, either a professional crew of thieves or a professional thief, which I have to admit, I, I have a begrudging respect. I love a professional crew of thieves. <laughs> so there's a part of me, there's a part of me that tips my cap to this guy who clearly knew I I'm looking for this type of car. I know exactly how to pop the lock. I know exactly how to get in and out, disable the alarm, get what I want, leave. They took nothing else, but it's cold in my studio without an <laughs> airbag. Brian. But cold cleanses the mind. It clarifies mm. it. So, um, so like, I get it. When you start compromising that, though, when you start changing that protocol because, like, you think you have to or whatever, then it's the protocol doesn't is is meaningless at that point. So you're either going to have it or you don't. But where I think you are starting to get on something that is really critical here is when the Lakers say, when Darwin says it's go time, guys are going to be playing. We're not sitting guys out. Nobody's getting load management. Nobody's getting into that stuff. And then you turn around and do it. A fan base that is already skeptical of Anthony Davis, who believes that he won't play through injury, believe that he's not necessarily concerned about getting on the floor, looks at that and says, what is he doing? Why won't he play? If they say, look, Anthony Davis is on a protocol that he didn't set. This is the rules that the training staff has set to protect him from himself. And, you know, us, protect him from us overplaying him. And this is what we're going to do because the, on the Lakers, we do not endanger the health of a player. We listen to our medical training staff. If he says that, and pe- then he sits on Wednesday night, people yell at Darvin. They yell at Rob. They yell at everybody else. But they look at Anthony Davis and say, well, it's not his fault. He's not allowed. They won't play him. And so they do AD a disservice here by not being more transparent or at the very least not making the mistake that they made. Maybe Darwin just misspoke and wasn't thinking it through. But they put Anthony Davis in a really bad position optically on Wednesday by not playing him for a game that apparently was scheduled for him not to play weeks ago. Look, with AD and his injury history and his history of slow recoveries, you always need to be erring on the side of under-promising and over-delivering. I mean, you, you just do. And, you know, I... 
load management in general and, you know, like the, the caretaking of players with medical injuries, it's, it's an issue across the league right now. It's, you know, Adam Silver talked about this during the All-Star break, that it's something that the league is reckoning with right now, like the, the unavailability of stars and, and what you do with this. You know, is it 72 games? Is it eliminating back-to-backs? Like, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. I'm not even sure what you can do. And truth be told, and you hit on this a bit, Brian, and this is something I don't think fans and, frankly, a lot of NBA media do a good job of either recognizing or explaining this is team driven this is not player driven players want to play i'm sure there are a small handful of players that are maybe a little bit too willing to sit if the team wants them to or you know may not feel it every single night but the overwhelming majority of players they're competitive as hell that's how they got into the nba they want to be out there i don't right. doubt by the way that anthony davis is one of those guys that wants to be out that, does, that doesn't mean they're gonna like and i think everybody particularly in la everybody has sort of the image of kobe there's no way kobe would do kobe would just overrule the staff and check like not not today like not that's today not, not that's not how it, it is works a, today different nba and it's in part a different nba i think and i think this is something that doesn't get discussed nearly enough Star player salaries are so big now that teams look at this as an overall long-term investment. And the best way to get the most return on your investment is to get yourself into the playoffs, which become bonus money, as opposed to the 82 games, which are already priced in. And, you know, Kobe's maximum salary as, as a max, max, max player with the Lakers in that era he made like 30 million one year. Every other year, he made somewhere between like 24 and 28 during his most max years. That now gets you like Al Horford. <laughs> right, know, look, like, and the cap has gone up and all that stuff too. Right, but, like, but it's but it's a ma- I I know I know the revenue goes up for owners and stuff like that. But they, I guarantee you, they see this as larger investments. They are looking and, to protect the medical world now and training world now is different. If Kobe, like, the point is, if Kobe, like the if if load management wasn't a, like, nearly the thing in 2012 as it is now, and you know, it, if Kobe were in year 11 now playing, then he would be treated like Giannis is treated and Durant is treated and all these guys where they are careful with it because, like you say, and look there. I would like to believe that there's at least a part of this where organizations or at the very least medical personnel are genuinely concerned about the health of their players. Um, And I think people have a better understanding of what the risks are in terms of sacrificing 10 games in a month to play one game today, whatever it might be. But broadly, I think you're right. It's like people look at this and say, we can't have a guy who does something that becomes a chronic injury for the next three years while we're paying him $43 million. And I mean, I understand that, but I just wish, I wish in this case, and look, there's a lot, a lot about this that I, I don't know that happens behind the scenes. I don't know what Anthony Davis says to people or whatever, or what the Lakers say to Anthony Davis. I wish they had, from the jump, made it clear 
that Davis was on a, a, a protocol when it comes to the games he could play, because at the very least it would remove this from the conversation. Yeah. It, it would remove this part of the criticism from Davis who gets plenty of it from us. You know, it's not like we're afraid, but like I, I, I try to be fair with this stuff. And I really try to be fair when it comes to questioning a guy's willingness to play through pain or whatever. Like what's the difference between playing through pain and playing through something that's like an injury that could cost you a lot more. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't see his medical records, um, but Andy, they won. They won the game. Um, so I don't know if you could call this a gamble because it was something that they planned on a while ago, but they managed to get past it. Um, should get AD back on Friday. They will not have D'Angelo Russell. And so the big question to watch out for on Thursday is, what's going on with Dennis Schroeder? Because uh, if he can't play, they've got some uh, backcourt problems and some ball handling problems. And, and that game against Minnesota becomes real tricky, even with the Timberwolves playing kind of poorly. So... Uh, but it was a good game. It was fun to watch. It was like this, I thought we'll, we'll wrap on this. It was more evident. Yeah, we need to wrap on something because I'm freezing. Yeah, it was. It was more evidence, Andy, about why this team is inherently easier to cheer for as a fan than last year's group. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And with that, okay, let's get back indoors. Uh, Lock on Liquors on YouTube is where you go to see the show uh, and all that good stuff. Thanks to everybody for your support of that channel. Uh, go do your fan duels. We'll see everybody on Friday.